response of COVID-19 is fraying nerves and twisting synapses of political leaders at all levels of Kansas government. At the Capitol in Topeka, there's anxiety among Kansas legislators to the right and left of Governor Laura Kelly. It's inspired an outpouring of partisan acrimony. For good reason. The state is embroiled in economic chaos of a pandemic relentlessly summoning illness and death. 134,000 people have become ill and 1,400 have died. This past week, a joint House and Senate committee met in Topeka to work on how best for Kansas to claw out from this disaster. It proved to be a crucible of tit-for-tat commentary. First, the firecracker thoughts of a pair of Republicans. First among them is Representative Sean Tarwater. Our governor shut down their businesses. Our funds are mismanaged by the administration. Our Department of Labor was hacked. There's rapid, rapid fraud. We're paying out these dollars way too quick. We have a failing computer system that hasn't been addressed since March. And now, Senator Karen Tyson. I can't stress strongly enough how we need the department and the administration to step up on this issue. In response, we have a plea from Democratic Representative Tom Burroughs, the fourth most senior member of the House. I thought we were here to find a way out, not to make fun and poke at one another in reference to administrations and past actions. You can hear passion and mistrust in these voices. It reflects deep feelings about nearly every element of the state's response to the coronavirus assault. In this edition of the Kansas Reflector podcast, we're diving into some of this back and forth among state lawmakers vexed by COVID-19. The focus will be on their words, but we'll also add some context, a bit of who, what, and why of this complex puzzle. First thing, though, a quick summary of where we're at. The pandemic threw tens of thousands out of work. Exasperating computer woes delayed payment of unemployment claims. There was a temporary school and business shutdown. Families suffered. The feds handed the state $1.2 billion in emergency aid. The state's labor secretary was sacked. New unemployment benefit programs from Congress and President Donald Trump haven't been easy for states to manage. That was followed by an upswing in finger-pointing as a wave of fraudulent jobless claims landed at the Kansas Department of Labor. Fraud is a sore point for Representative Tarwater of Stillwell and Senator Tyson of Parker, who you heard expressing disquiet about the Kelly administration's capacity to handle the crisis. In rebuttal, KC Representative Burroughs made clear he didn't appreciate their politically charged indictments. He told his fellow committee members it might seem sporting to take pot shots at the governor, but responsibility for the state government's shortcomings, whether it's computers or management decisions, touch Republican and Democratic politicians alike. Here Burroughs elaborates. There's enough blame in this room to go around everywhere in reference to the continuity and past administrations. I mean, I guess maybe I'm getting bogged down with we're attacking everything and not looking at what needs to be done. He ever so briefly did note the administration of Governor Sam Brownback's decision to spend $17 million to develop a cloud storage system. The project was ditched and millions of dollars in computer equipment sat for years in the basement of a Topeka building. The embarrassing pile of hardware was eventually given away. It also should be noted Governor Kelly said in an interview after the committee's meeting that neglect of the Labor Department's computer system and demands on the pandemic were a recipe for disaster that few could have anticipated. She also said the agency should be credited for progress made under trying circumstances. Galena Senator Richard Hildebrand, who has a major problem with the state's backlog of legitimate unemployment claims, was generous enough to start his critique 
with praise for the Labor Department's good faith effort. I've been very critical of the Department of Labor here lately, or in the past, because of various issues. But I do want to show a little bit of appreciation that you guys have come a long way, and I appreciate that, but we still have a little ways to go. So I've got part of my question. What is the backlog currently on the PUA program? In his conversation, state Labor Department officials couldn't give him a number on the lingering claims in that federally funded program serving people not typically covered by unemployment insurance. That response wasn't satisfactory to Hildebrand, the GOP senator. It's just irritating knowing that we have people still today, and I'm going to harp on this until they finally get paid, PUA applicants since March and April that still have not received a paycheck from their UI benefits when they qualify. Fraudulent claims are getting paid above these people. And then we have an administration that instead of trying to solidify a UI program that is in trouble with available CARES Act money, we're going to now borrow money We are just so fiscally irresponsible in this state. In those remarks, Senator Hildebrand was referring to the governor's veto of a proposal from GOP legislators to put leftover federal stimulus money into the state's unemployment trust fund. The idea would be to relieve some of the burden on Kansas businesses that will be responsible for rebuilding the depleted UI fund. On Friday, the State Finance Council and the governor agreed that at the end of December, if there's any of this federal money left over, they will put it in the unemployment trust fund. Another issue at the Capitol are the anecdotal reports of Kansans declining job offers because they can make more in the short term by drawing state and federal unemployment insurance. That irritates Republicans on the Joint Committee greatly. But there was one Democrat on the committee who argued the approach of these Kansas is economically rational. First, let's turn to Representative Tarwater, who argued Kansas should punish unemployed people who turn down any job. They should stop paying those people when you let them know that, because you've offered them a job. But instead, we're, we're just paying out funds that aren't ours to these people. And it's going to be on our businesses to re, re, replenish this, because our governor isn't going to stand up for them. Senator Julia Lynn, the committee's chairwoman from Johnson County, picked up on that same thread and drew her own conclusion. It's almost like on the part of the job seekers, you know, just a lot of complacency. That compelled Representative Stephanie Clayton, a Johnson County Democrat with a knack for politely delivering scathing criticism to flip on her microphone. You might want to strap in here. Here's what she said. It's worth us understanding that there's a lot more nuance to this, that I can't just go get a job, and that it's not really complacency. Rather, it's people having to really do a lot of emotional labor and figure out what is the best job in order to provide for our families, which isn't just going out and getting some random job where you can get sick, especially when we see a lot of uh, mask mandates that aren't being followed, disease is spreading, and it's important for mothers and fathers to stay healthy and not end up putting their kids in quarantine. So when you're talking about jobs that are available, are these jobs that are family conducive during the pandemic, i.e. ones that won't, you know, knock out a whole classroom of students because mom got sick at her job? Or 
are these ones that are just any random job that are not practical for families. So just in case you were wondering, I'm looking after families because I'm living this in my household, and I know my constituents are too. She couldn't resist piling on to the irritation of a Republican senator sitting next to her. So these people are not being lazy. They're being smart, and they're playing the long games for their families. I really do think that we can all work together and find solutions, but I've got to be a voice for these folks. That's my role here. Wichita Senator Gene Solentrop, a deep skeptic of the governor's leadership on the COVID-19 pandemic, offers a rebuttal. That's somewhat concerning to hear because I'll assure you those same people, when they go to the grocery store, they expect toilet paper to be on the shelf. They expect food to be on the shelves. They expect milk to be on the shelves. Those same people expect electricity to come to their house, gas to heat it, fuel at fuel stations to supply their transportation with fuel. They expect all this from everyone else, and they themselves won't do their part. So I'm not feeling much sympathy for those folks right now. During the day's meeting at the Capitol, Tarwater returned several times to questions of unemployment insurance fraud. The primary target of his angst on a video conference call was Peter Brady, the Deputy Secretary of the State Department of Labor. This provides some flavor of those exchanges, and it starts with Tarwater with Brady responding. Continuing down the fraud path, how much have you identified that you have paid out in fraud? Uh, Representative, I don't have that figure in front of me. You don't seem to have a whole lot of information, so I apologize. I'm asking these questions, but um, this has been going on for quite a while. I would figure that you would would have some of it at least. Can you take a guess on how much you've paid out in fraud? Representative, I would not want to speculate um, as to what the number might be. This fraud problem is worse than than I think you're either you know or you're letting on. Brady also told the committee the Labor Department put a stop to more than 100,000 attempts to defraud the unemployment system. That's significant because if these illegal attempts are successful, people victimized through theft of a Social Security number can expect to be asked to pay income tax on that jobless benefit. It can be a messy situation when Kansas begin filing 2020 tax returns, and that caught the attention of Democratic Representative Jim Gartner of Topeka. Here's my concern. April 15th rolls around next year, and we're going to have 100,000 claimants that all of a sudden owe taxes, income taxes, to the state of Kansas, and uh, our phones will be ringing off the wall. At one point, Tarwater stopped the proceeding to register frustration with the Zoom conversation with labor officials. He asked that state agency officials be compelled to appear personally before the committee in the future. And we're all here, and they're across the street. So maybe in the future we could get them to actually come over here. Okay, a quick explanation here of the situation in the committee. Of the 12 committee members in the room, only four were wearing a mask. It was all three Democrats and a Republican with a serious medical condition. The eight other senators and representatives were all Republicans and all maskless. And that's not against House and Senate rules, but clearly public health officials are convinced wearing a mask inhibits the spread of the virus. Tarwater also despaired of the mountains of cash that appears to have been spent over the years in Labor Department IT projects. But, as he says, it bought nothing worthwhile. He said in 2002 the state authorized $24 million in bonds for an IT upgrade at the Labor Department. 
The federal government chipped in $27 million for IT improvements a few years later. Primarily, the money was spent patching the 1970s-era mainframe computer system. It's the same one the Labor Department operates now, and the agency is preparing a report on options for overhauling the network. Senator Lynn, the committee chairwoman, agreed it was perplexing the agency had yet to escape its dysfunctional computer system. She instructed the Labor Department to provide a document paper trail of past IT expenditures. Large amounts of money were given for this purpose, up to $40 million. And we don't know what happened to, to that money. Lynn also welcomed to the hearing Philip Hayes, who works for a Kansas human resource company and represents the state council of the Society for Human Resource Management. Hayes said the organization's survey of members two months ago revealed 80% have come across some evidence of unemployment fraud in Kansas. The Department of Labor's fraud detection contingent is woefully small, he says. There are 31 state and contract workers dealing with corruption in the system. Listen as he explains. Quite honestly, I think DOL should have a response team more than the the 14 in-house and the 17 from Accenture that is dedicated to the fraud piece. That's 31 people for 71,000 rated employers and a million plus employees across the state. 31 people. There's There's no way they can even touch this. Hayes also said there are Facebook support groups thoroughly documenting the human cost of the state's unemployment system debacle. He is begging legislators to put down their rhetorical swords and work together on obstacles plaguing the system. It's an appropriate point on which to close this round of the Kansas legislature's debate. Hayes has the final word. It seems like all that gets done from sitting at home is a bunch of finger pointing. And I don't care about any of that. I just want a solution that works for us and for my employees when that day comes. And that's the bottom line. This has been another edition of the Kansas Reflector Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Carpenter. We'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.